0: Welcome to the Richard Blackbee Leadership Podcast, helping people take their leadership to the next level. Brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International.
1: Well, Richard, uh, we are continuing on with the Experiencing God miniseries. Yeah. The it's epic miniseries. The epic, yeah, it's a it's a big miniseries. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, it's always good to to sit across from you and talk about these things and, yeah. and how they uh, apply to leadership. We we've heard especially uh, this this miniseries has been impactful to yeah several of our friends
2: that we've heard from, and uh, it's always great when they hear a podcast and then that very week they experience just what they heard us talk about. Yeah, and yeah. Several have said that 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 yeah. was. Did on right what they were going through, and hearing this podcast helped them know what they should do, how to respond. So, yeah, we love that. that's
1: yeah, we love hearing that kind of stuff and, mm-hmm. that, and that sort of feedback. And, uh, on that note, we'd love to hear from you guys yeah. when, when you're listening. Yeah what you think of the podcast, or if you have questions, we try and answer those periodically. It might
2: be just an idea of a podcast you like us yeah. to do, or we just take yeah. a session and uh, go a little deeper on something that you're interested in. We're happy to look at that.
1: Yeah, so the the email address is podcast at org, And uh, we'd love to hear from you. As yeah. always, you can reach out to, to Richard on Twitter, and uh, he's always on there.
2: Maybe this will be a whole dedicated session to why we think this year the Buffalo Sabres will win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, uh, this, you the, know... The, the off-season moves have been significant, and this could be all the pieces coming together now, so...
1: Yeah, and if, if you've been with us from the beginning, um, you'll know that that sounds awfully familiar to something you said last year <laughs> <You> <laughs> about say, the beloved so Don't the say beloved we don't savers. ever
2: deal in fiction in this podcast Yeah, but, you know. exactly, exactly
1: Well, I just started uh, reading uh, for those who, who don't know we uh, ha- we try and do a, a book review every once in a while and the one for our next book review is The Character Of Leadership Of Leadership, I think yeah. I just uh, I just started reading this and I probably won't finish it before we But I have finished it and
2: used it as a textbook, and and it's uh, very good. Yeah,
1: all that to say, he (laughs) talks about uh, the Machiavelli principle and how too many leaders uh, lead fantasies and not uh, in reality. So anyways. Yeah. Well, you know, I just, uh, we'll we'll see. Time will tell how the Buffalo Sabres do. Anyways, we're not here to talk about the Sabres, although it's uh, (laughs) near and dear to your heart. Uh, But today we're looking at the sixth reality of Mm -hmm. experiencing God. So why don't you tell us what that is?
2: Well, the sixth reality is you must make major adjustments in your life to join God in what he's doing. And uh, we looked at uh, reality five was it? When God does speak to you, it often leads to a crisis of belief, yeah. uh, and of course, that's because God is God, and when He starts talking to creatures of dust, it's going to very quickly stretch them and cause a, a crisis. If do I do they believe that God can do that or not, and so that naturally leads in after you've had your crisis of belief. If you're going to go with God, then uh, you're going to have to make some adjustments to go with Him where He's going.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what? you know, why would you have to make those adjustments?
2: Well, one of the things that uh, my dad said in experiencing God is, uh, you can't stay where you are and go with God. Hmm. Uh, and God's not necessarily interested in coming to you and just saying, Hey, are you having a good day today? Is there anything I can bring to you where you are? Yeah, to now help that you you? It. <laughs> Uh, God is on mission himself. Uh, we hmm. often treat God as if, we're on mission and God's there to call in with in prayer whenever we need his assistance in doing what we're doing. Hmm. But that's a very self-centered view of God. God does not exist in heaven just to help make your day better. He is going about accomplishing his purposes. Hmm. He's going in his direction. And so if you want to be a part of what God's doing, it means you've got to go with him. And of course the classic uh, example in the old Testament is uh Moses is 40 for 40 years he's herding sheep in the wilderness. Yeah. Um in 40 years we don't hear of Moses praying to God, of uh, being a part of God's activity. Basically it's something that Moses can do without God. Uh for the most part he can herd sheep without a crisis of belief, uh praying earnestly, God help me not lose any sheep today. He might be praying prayers like that, but for the most part He's pretty confident that after 40 years, he doesn't need God's intervention to herd sheep a 41st year. Mm-hmm. But when all of a sudden God encounters him and says, I'm going to use you to deliver an entire nation out of bondage uh, in the most powerful nation on the planet. Well, Moses can't stay in the backside of the desert and be delivering Hebrews out of Egypt at the same time. Yeah, God says, uh, where I'm at work is not really in this wilderness right now. But in Egypt, and so Moses, if you want to join me in my activity, you, you can't stay where you are. Uh, y- y- I know that you've done the same thing 40 years. It's comfortable. Uh, you're 80 years old now. Why stretch yourself now? But uh, you're going to have to leave where you are. You're going to have to quit herding sheep. Uh, you're going to have to stop living just with your family and in-laws like you have all this time. And you're going to have to do things that you haven't done in a long time. Uh, I know that you don't see yourself as a public speaker, but I'm going to have you address Pharaoh. Uh, I know you've never performed a miracle before, but I'm going to have you believe me for some of the greatest miracles recorded in the entire Bible. Mm. Uh, I know you haven't led anything but sheep for the last 40 years, but I'm going to have you lead an entire nation uh, and actually have them escape from the the most powerful army on the planet. Which, you know, leading sheep could could be parallel to there are a lot of parallels (laughs) yeah but uh obviously a lot of adjustments uh you can't keep doing what you've always done and uh and still go with god and what he has and same in the new testament a classic example are the are uh, peter andrew james and john they're fishermen they've been they know how to fish for fish they don't have to cry out to god in prayer every morning before they go. Casting out their nets. They've, they know how to do that. They mm-hmm. probably have been fishermen for generations in their families. Uh, it's uh, the family business. They, they know what they're doing. But all of a sudden, there's Jesus by the side of their boat. And he doesn't come and say, I'm here to help you be more successful in fishing for fish. He says, basically, get out of your boat and follow me. From now on, you're going to fish for people. Well, they've never fished for people before. Yeah. Uh, they've never been persecuted uh, for their activities before. Uh, they've never had Pharisees wanting to kill them before. Uh, but if, if they get out of their boat, nothing's going to be the same anymore. And the most comfortable, safe place in all the world for them is to stay in that boat. Yeah. But if they get out of that boat, they, if they leave what they know, the one thing that they're good at, um, the comfortable, safe life that uh, they have fashion for themselves, all of that goes by the wayside and, uh, they're going to go follow someone that doesn't even know where they'll be laying their head down that night. Um, he can't, uh, promise them safety, comfort, uh, appreciation or anything like that. Uh, and so that's the crisis of belief. But, uh, if those, uh, if Peter and Andrew had said, well, Jesus, we want to be followers of yours, but we just want to stay here in our boat. We want to keep doing what we've always done. Well, Jesus would carry on; he'd he'd keep on moving, and Peter and Andrew would have missed out. Yeah, you can't stay where you are and go with God.
1: Yeah. So, so what does that look like? Um, and obviously, for the for the disciples, that's a total shift and a change of, of career, of what they're doing, of, yeah. of what they know. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder too, is do these adjustments also happen in in, in more subtle ways? Well, or is it always these big, you I know... think
2: there's a whole range, you know. I think some, some adjustments are fairly seemingly minor. Others can be very major. Of course, uh, leaving a successful fishing business and going into itinerant preaching uh, is a huge adjustment. Uh, yeah. Leaving a 40-year uh, shepherding business and putting your life on the line before Pharaoh is a huge adjustment. Sure. I, some adjustments aren't that big uh but they all have huge implications and even eternal implications and so there's a number of different kinds of uh adjustments. some adjustments obviously can be job wise uh i've 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 met many, many people who have said uh after I heard from God, I knew I couldn't keep working in the place I'm working. yeah, uh, I've had several people that were kind of like the fishermen. They were expected to take over the family business. They were the third generation family member. They were groomed. They'd gone to school for it. And then all of a sudden God said, no, I want you to be a pastor. And they had the hardest thing in all the world to tell their parents, I'm not going to take over running the family business. I'm going to be a pastor of a church and go to seminary. I knew a guy that had gone all the way through law school, preparing to be an attorney like his father. And then he sensed God saying, no, I want you to be in ministry. And uh, it was a devastating thing to realize uh, I've got to change my whole career plans and everything that uh, all my financial plans for my future, my retirement, everything is up in the air. Yeah, Some of that's pretty dramatic. Uh, but then there's other things like uh, attitude. Sometimes for you to be used of God, you're going to have to change some of your attitudes. Yeah. Uh, and it could be f- pride, for instance. Uh, I've known a number of people that pride kept them from going with God. Uh, I, For instance, I know a, a person that, uh, I, well, I could tell you several people that were in, a, in an, an organization and they were expecting to take over as the CEO mm-hmm. uh, or taking over, in one case, as the senior pastor. And they were... Uh, looked over, they were bypassed and, uh, the committee in charge had done due diligence, had sought, uh, in the church's case, had sought the will of God and they felt led to someone else. Well, this person immediately assumed, well, then I, I've got to leave. I, I, and in one case I asked the person, I said, well, this person expected to be the senior pastor. They were overlooked. He said, I'm going to leave. I said, well, why, why would you leave? Didn't God call you to this church? Well, yeah, I did, but uh, but they didn't call me a senior pastor. I have to leave. I said, well, not necessarily. Did God, when he called you to this church, did he know they were not going to call you as senior pastor? But he called you anyway. And what what really this person was struggling with was pride. Mm-hmm. They clearly knew they had been called to that church to serve there. They had come in as an, asso- in an, an associate role, and all was fine until their pride got injury yeah. and they were overlooked. And now I've got to leave. And I would say, well, you know, as long as you have a certain pride that expects that you will, you deserve to be treated a certain way, Yeah. then God, it's only going to take you so far. Um, you've got to be willing to say, God, uh, I've crucified my pride and now I'm just willing to go wherever you want me to be. Because for all he knew, uh, a great opportunity was just around the corner, but he wouldn't be in place if his pride uh, alienated him from people right before God was going to give him a new assignment. I, th- you know,
1: I think a lot of times what we like to do is hear the
2: initial word
1: from God and say, "Okay, great, uh, I-, I can. I think I can figure it out from here." Yeah. You know, we like to say, "Oh, yeah, call to this church or call to this area or to this job or whatever," and then and then let me sort of craft the plan forward from there.
2: and yeah. And that can certainly. And God oftentimes says, you're not ready yet. Yeah. You, uh, you don't have the character yet. I'd say fear is the same thing. I know people that uh, fear keeps them from going with God. Uh, sometimes it's as simple as uh, public speaking. Uh, they're scared to death of speaking in public, but they've just been asked to share uh, testimony in their church about a mission trip they went on or uh, some other kind of uh, public speaking in their work workplace uh, role. Uh, and so they are terrified to speak, so they don't put themselves out. They, they decline those opportunities. And God might say, I'll never be able to use you the way I intend to until you crucify that fear. And one of the things I've had to do, I've had to do some things that terrified me to death. Uh, and I've just had to at the outset say, God, I'm never going to let fear make me say no to, to you when you are expecting me to say yes, mm-hmm. just get that yes out of the way right off the bat. And so I know people that in their I suspect people listening to this podcast right now know some things that God is speaking to them about doing, but fear is holding them back. And so until you make an adjustment in your life in terms of fear or pride or insecurity or other things, I'm not saying that's easy. I'm just right. saying that God uh, until he addresses that in your life you may never be able to go to the places god has for you i'd say uh, sometimes training skills uh, i've had people i can't tell how many people have said to me uh well i would love to teach uh, i would love to be a professor uh, but i but when i was in school i just got tired of school yeah so i i didn't stay and get a, a doctor's degree or a master's degree. I, I'd like this. I, I feel like God's wired me to do this, but I just got sick of school and I've had many people tell me that. <laughs> and I would say, so do you think that like, I just love school? Like when I stayed in and all the way through to a PhD, do you think that that was just like, I love Does anybody studying? love getting their PhD <laughs> is the real uh, question. And <laughs> I had to take uh, two years of theological German uh, while I was also taking my last year of Hebrew and a year of French, and I hated languages. I still hate studying languages. Um, but I also knew that God was preparing me for something, and there were some adjustments I had to make. Yeah, And I had been told I wasn't any good at languages. It, it didn't matter. Uh, God, Can God ask you to do something that you're not good at, that you don't enjoy doing? Yeah. And do you know how many people have... For, I could tell you of several people I suspect would probably be very good professors and teachers had they stuck with it mm-hmm. and stayed in school till they had the proper credentials. Uh, but they didn't. And so they probably are never going to be the kind of professor, uh, hold the kind of positions that they could have had had they paid the price. And whenever someone says, well, I was sick of school, I want to, I, I, a couple of times I've actually said this to people. <laughs> they said, well, I, was, I, I, I felt like God wanted me to get a PhD, but I was just sick of school. And I would say, well, what does that have to do with obeying God? What you're sick <laughs> yeah. of, what does that have to do with obeying God? Yeah. And so, you know, it'd be like uh, Moses saying, well, I'm just sick of Egypt. I'm tired of Egypt. I, I spent 40 years there. I've I just had all I wanted that. God would say, well, that has nothing to do with what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to make an adjustment here, uh, and face your fears, go back to a place where you're a wanted man, uh, do some things that you're, you don't think you're good at, but if you're not willing to make those adjustments, you'll never see what could have been. And so I, I think, uh, for some of us, what stands between us and the most amazing journey with God we've ever had is an adjustment. Sometimes that adjustment is go to school, uh, get some more skills, uh, Get a mentor, uh, learn uh, something, uh, release some habits and fears and doubts and insecurities that have been holding you back. Uh, sometimes it's just habits. We have some habits that are holding us back. Yeah, I know some people that are incredible time wasters. Uh, they Maybe they have a habit of loving to stay up late watching mindless TV late into the night, but that means that they're exhausted in the morning and they can't ever have a quiet time. Uh, they can't get to a prayer time. With uh, people that could hold them accountable, or they don't have time to read uh, wholesome books that uh, would edify their walk with God, uh, because they have a just a bad habit of wasting a lot of time in the evening watching completely unedifying TV. Uh, some people, it's it's uh, it, 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 we get to meddling now, but it, sometimes it's just bad eating habits, yeah. and they're grossly overweight, they're out of shape, but. Uh, they're they're sensing that God wants them to maybe work with the youth in their church, but they're so overweight they can't keep up. Uh, They don't have the energy. energy. Uh, They can't go play sports with uh, the young people. Or the young people uh, don't take them seriously when obviously they're experiencing uh, defeat in their own life. And again, I'm not talking about people that maybe have chronic medical conditions. I'm just talking about people with bad habits that they just are careless and have no self-control over eating or exercise or caring for themselves. And I've known many people that I think God would basically say, if I can't trust you to just care for yourself, how would I entrust you to care for other people? Mm. And so sometimes even just some of the habits we have, uh, God would say, uh, until you're ready to make some adjustments and start being disciplined in your own habits, Uh, I I can't entrust you with the care of other people as well.
1: Well, let's take a quick break here, and uh, we'll wrap up when we come back.
0: Bob Royal and Richard Blackaby recently wrote a book called Spiritual Leadership Coaching. It integrates the life-changing biblical insights from experiencing God with training in 12 essential coaching skills that will enhance your ability to have transformational conversations. Use the promo code PODCAST at checkout. Receive an additional 10% off the
1: book at blackabystore.org. So, Richard, we've we've seen that uh, adjustments can be both huge and and big and life-altering, uh, career-changing type mm-hmm. adjustments. Other times, it can be uh, eating habit adjustments or just changing how you do uh, life day to day. They can be both big and small, but all are significant. Uh, when you're answering the call of God. So the, the last question we'll end with is, what happens if we don't make these adjustments that that we feel God calls us to when, when we face that crisis of belief?
2: You know, I think we are, uh, as long as we're willing to make adjustments with God, there's really no limit to what God can do. D.L. Moody, that uh, pivotal moment in his life, he heard uh, uh, someone famously say, the world has yet to see what God can do with one person wholly consecrated to him. Mm. In other words, uh, if there were ever someone who was willing to keep on making whatever adjustment God said to change anything God said he wanted changing, uh, just imagine where you'd end up Uh, because because God would always have one more way to make you a little more like Jesus, uh, one way to make you a little more effective than you have been in the last year, a little a little bit more powerful, a little bit better leader, a little bit better speaker, a little bit better salesperson. Um, there, there'd always be another adjustment God could make, but but essentially what happens is at a certain point, we become satisfied, we become yeah. complacent. Maybe now we're in management, maybe we're the CEO. So why why change anymore? I'm already at the top, I, yeah. I make enough money, I have enough prestige, I, I've only got three or four years left till I retire and so at a certain point we just stop making adjustments and we just keep doing what has worked for us in the past. And so I would say uh imagine what your life could become. Imagine, imagine what God could do in your life if you were willing to keep making those adjustments. And and I would encourage you every as you ever as you enter a new year, uh every year, stop and ask yourself or maybe on your birthday every year as you enter a new year of life, ask yourself, and what adjustments, Lord, would you have me make this year so that this is the finest year I've ever had? I have, uh, perhaps I'm a, a better witness for you than I've ever been. My prayer life is better than it's ever been. Uh, my sales life at work, uh, my leadership, my management role is more effective than it's ever been before. God, I, I don't want the same year this year that I had last year. So what adjustments do I need to make? so that hands down this year that I'm entering is the best one I've ever made. And God will never be at a loss to suggest an adjustment that you could make. God would say, well, I've had you at this level of uh, management, of leadership, I've used you at this level, but if you were ever to adjust this, if you were ever to remove this out of your character, out of your habits, if you were to build in this aspect into your leadership portfolio, I could do so much more through your life. Are you willing? Are you you prepared? Or do you want to stay in that fishing boat the rest of your life? Uh, Nothing wrong with fishing for fish, but there is if you could be fishing for people. uh, Mm -hmm. Don't be satisfied with fish when God wants you, if you're just a few adjustments away from now being able to fish for people. And so uh, the question I'd want to just leave all of our listeners with this morning is, um, what adjustments does God want you to make right now so that you can go with him to a place you've never been before, uh, serving him in a way you've never served him before, knowing more of him than you ever have before? I, uh, I'll i just close by just uh, referring again to these uh, CEOs I work with. Uh, uh, there's a group I, I work with, and uh, we, we meet at uh, the Grand Hyatt Hotel in uh, Dallas uh, Airport, Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. Uh, several times every year. And I mentioned this on a number of occasions. Uh, we had people flying from all over the country, even as far as Hong Kong, to attend uh, these meetings. And it blows me away sometimes because these guys are very successful. They're, they're all CEOs. They uh, have tremendous influence and success. And it's and they're very busy people. So why would you schedule off time to fly uh, to Dallas for a one-day, 24-hour uh, training time. And the, the answer is because they want more. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not satisfied. They don't want just to stay where they are. Everybody tells them they're successful, but in their hearts, they know that there's still more. And so they they come to find what adjustments does God want me to make so that I can move to the next level with him to be of greater influence for the kingdom of God, uh, to be a greater influence on my family, uh, my children, my grandkids, uh, and I hope that that's just the spirit of everyone here is asking the Lord. And so Lord, what adjustments do I need to make so that I'm not the same person I was a year ago that Lord, you can entrust me with more, uh, mm. because I'm not the same person. I've made some adjustments and I don't have the same attitudes. I don't have the same fears. Uh, I don't deal with the same sins and things that held me back in the past. So what is it you'd have for me this year? And, uh, I'll tell you what. There is no limit to someone who's willing to continue making the adjustments God asks them to uh, as they experience all that he has for them in this very brief but important life that uh, he's given to each of us.
1: I think that's a great place to end it.
0: Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, review us on Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. If you have questions or comments, please email us at podcast at